Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery. Every week we are examining something new, bringing you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company or any guest on the show. This is for educational purposes only and not intended to make an offer or solicitation for any companies or securities mentioned. With that, let's get on with the episode. All right, everyone. Brad Hussey has joined us today. Brad, welcome to Inside Scoop. Thank you so much. I'm really uh, happy to be here. Yeah. So I think for everyone's purpose, just share a little bit about yourself just to kick it off. Sure. Yeah, I'm a Canadian uh, freelancer, marketer, entrepreneur, creator. Um, I do a lot of work in the web design and web development space. Um, I create content all about the art, business and craft of web design. Uh, So that's kind of like my world is all about, you know, web design. You know, like I said, the art, business and crafts are like to teach kind of the more ethereal stuff, like, you know, approaching it from an artist, the business of it. How do you make a business out of web design, being a web designer? What's that look like from a freelancer's perspective, from an agency's perspective? And then the craft. I love teaching tutorials and courses and uh, create content around like, how do you do this? How do you become a good web designer? How do you create that thing, design that thing, build that thing? So that's uh, that's kind of like my ethos. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, you do a good job. I mean, I've been, uh, I, I stumbled upon you, which is a good thing, I think, uh, for, for everything yeah. you're doing. But, uh, you know, so you're well regarded in the creative space. We know that self-creators or the creator economy continues to grow, you know, as individuals strive to really, you know, create their own path, create their own careers, uh, if you will. We think this is a mega trend in the world. Now, the self-creator has always been a thing. Uh, however, I think what's different today now is it's really around the tools, things like Wix. We'll talk about that. That's, I know, something you focus on, the distribution capabilities. So things like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Substack, Fiverr, Etsy, you know, any type of creator ecosystem that's out there. And also the ability to kind of self-educate. And you do a lot there as well, whether it's, you know, YouTube or Udemy or Skillshare, many of the other platforms that exist and are growing. I think the biggest thing there is it's an ecosystem of learning, then creating, then distributing, then charging. Um, and then repeat, right? So Brad, let's start off with Udemy and learning. I checked it out. You have multiple courses on that platform. I was, we, we just spoke about it, but I was pretty shocked how many uh, people you had there. And I'll bring it up here just for everyone's sake. But yeah. so let's start there. How did you build that up? Um, again, you can see here, he's, yeah. he's taught over 572,000 students. Uh, I'm just doing rough math here of $18, a course with 13,000 reviews. I don't necessarily have to throw the number out there, but it's a career being created. Um, and yeah, so just talk about the platform uh, in general. What uh, what do you like about it, and kind of how how have you built that up? Yeah, so that that started for me honestly, pretty much ten years to the day uh, from from now. Like ten years ago is when I officially started full time as a freelance web designer, and then shortly after that, I started. Uh, well, the the whole purpose and reason I got on Udemy was as a freelance web designer. You know, client work is up and down, especially at the very beginning. It's very volatile. And I thought, ah, you know, I'm, we have our first baby on the way at the time. And I was like, I need a more sustainable, predictable income, but I don't want to go back to like traditional work. So I got to figure this out. Maybe long story short, you know, I can teach something that I know how to do and, you know, do it in a way that, you know, is, is more scalable than like, say, booking a, a room at the local college or university and trying to like drum up attend, attendees for a workshop. So I thought like, I don't know, what if I just put something on the internet and taught a course or something? And so this was long before that was an obvious idea. Sure. And so I just Googled, you know, teach a course online or something. So I found Udemy. I was like, hey, this seems like the idea. It's like a marketplace. They'll advertise my course for me. They'll take a cut. I was like, this sounds great because I have nobody to sell this to. So you do the selling, you take your fee and I'll take whatever's left. That's fine. It's a great model. So I created a course. Uh, The first one was like PSD to HTML5 and CSS3. So at the time, 
slicing and dicing Photoshop documents as a web designer was like all the rage. Right. And HTML5 and CSS3, which we now just call HTML and CSS, we don't use like the, the versions. Um, that was also a really hot thing. So I think I got onto something accidentally. I thought, oh, this would be popular, I think. I'll teach that. And so I created a video course and it was very rudimentary, basic, like compared to what I do now, I look at it and it's kind of cringy for me anyway. And um, it started to sell. Like I remember waking up like after the first week and looking at like my Udemy sales report and was like, whoa, like three people bought this while I was sleeping. <laughs> and it just unlocked something in my brain. Like I thought this is possible. I think it was like $90 or something like that, that I had, you know, was and that then it just first started to keep here? going. The ultimate web design and web developer course that was 10 years ago, or was that something that is, uh, you know, you that, built one and then, you know, you became a name and then I'm, I'm assuming their algorithm promotes you a little bit more aggressively. Just giving yeah. you success. Yeah, so is that, is that right. how it all works? Yeah, pretty much. So the first course I created made me realize I could teach more. And so I created another course and then I started to get more and more students and then they start to give you feedback. Oh, I want you to teach this. I wish you could show me how to do this. And I go, perfect. So that's where the ultimate web designer developer course came out. And that by far was my most and is still my most popular course. And because of the nature of it, it's kind of more evergreen, like it's principle based. You know, some of the examples are a little dated, but I update the course as well. Um, and so because of all these things, Udemy would feature me on the first page as uh, new and noteworthy or as like top instructors. And so all of this started to just compound and then just skyrocketed me up to uh, one of the more um, commonly searched Udemy instructors. And so that created more opportunities. People started searching my name, Googling more about me, finding my YouTube channel, which started to grow. Um, and so that I started to capture that traffic and go, how can I create, take this demand? So I've created value. And then it's starting to balloon. But now how do I capture this value as well? So I created an email list, started capturing emails, you know, and then and then the rest started to become more natural. I was kind of responding to the demand and going, oh, okay, like there's a, people looking for this. or And so I started to do that a lot more and realized like this whole, as you mentioned just moments ago, this distribution is virtually unlimited. I mean, it's like you can sell, you can create one product or one service, one offering, and it can be available to millions of people, or in this case, you know, 572,000 students. And, and those are just like in unique students. Like many of those students have joined or purchased or re-enrolled in other courses, some of the free ones, some of the paid ones. And so it's like, this is like massive, you know, you create something and it's almost infinitely scalable. If you, if you play it, play your cards right. And you, and you play the game properly. Yeah. I know this is a side question. It's kind of a joke, obviously, but was the, uh, was the stash? Was it there ten years ago? If you're if you're not <laughs> if you're listening to this, go to our YouTube so you can watch this as well. Um, so you can just just glance at the stash and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I, I've heard <laughs> it called on a recent interview um, a professional mustache. It's professional. <laughs> it's prof It's crafted. So um, <laughs> it was it, not there ten years ago. I don't even think I could grow a mustache ten years ago. <laughs> uh, it just as I became more of a dad, it, it just it just you forgot sprouted. about it. And it then just all happened. Of a you liked it. That's cool. So. Um, Cool. So, so views on the space, I think, you know, being on one platform, it's really trying to us to understand the space again, because so we have founders on here that are trying to build, you know, careers and businesses. We also have uh, investors on here, but like understanding the, the platform and kind of the network effects of a single platform versus, you know, I look at, so your, your number one has 13,000 reviews, obviously 500,000 people have taken your course. I'm, I'm assuming you've tried to take this course, move it to other platforms. What's kind of the success there um, when that does happen? Does your name translate and carry over to other platforms or is it really kind of starting from ground zero? Um, it's like, there's kind of like a, like a, I don't know what would be like the, it's kind of like cuts in half in a sense. Like the, I do have 
clout or certain notoriety in other circles. You know, there's been a couple of times to my shock, I've been at a conference and then somebody came up to me and was like, hey, like, I know you, like I took your course. The stash. (laughs) And now they might not. They're like, wait, you look like Brad, but an imposter. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because in one of my courses, I had long, curly, locked hair. And so (laughs) it was a very different look. Oh, I froze for a sec. There we go. Um, So, um, but yeah, to, to answer the question, yeah, like it, I did take courses and my material and personal brand um, elsewhere as well. So I created my own website and, you know, I have my own couple other sites where I sell courses that are not available on Udemy. Some of them are higher yeah. priced. So you try um, to exclu- make it exclusive and just yeah, try to, yeah, yeah. Exclusive okay. content. And then, and then because, you know, you to do a one-to-one transfer over to say, I'm going to sell the exact same things that are on Udemy on my own thing. People will just go to Udemy because they usually have a better price. They have better marketing and all their learning is there. Why would they go to your site? That's not as good to do the same thing. So you'd have to repackage, change things, maybe offer a membership where you access everything plus Q and a and some coaching. And so I've gotten creative and it's created some challenges, but also other opportunities. And so, you know, I've been able to establish take that, uh, that value that's been created on that marketplace. And it's been able to translate into my own way off of that as well, where, like I said, I get to have a little more control over my personal brand. Um, you know, I create content regularly on, you know, for my email lists, YouTube channel, uh, blog, and then I'm, I'm always on podcasts and things like that. So I'm very active outside of it as well. Cool. Yeah. We'll talk about those things as well. But the, um, uh, f- from a financial standpoint, from a, and again, you can share whatever you want, but take rate, you know, uh, or what platforms in general charge teachers, um, uh, how do you feel about that relationship? You hinted at it before, obviously, is that you were sleeping and still selling, uh, which is a pretty good thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, in general. Um, so just take rates. How, how do you think about the space in terms of, uh, how they're charging and, uh, the power I think of as you become bigger on these platforms, um, and, you know, students are looking for you, mm-hmm. uh, per, uh, personally, just in general, what's your relationship with that, uh, the take rate? Yeah. So I know that there are, you know, a number of people, uh, rightly so, I think that are a little bit miffed or unhappy about various marketplaces and the cuts that they take. And even certain marketplaces will come up as competitors and say, we don't take, you know, such a big cut, you deserve more and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I understand, you know, like if you're selling a course and say on Udemy, a going rate would be like $19. If they're taking and I don't, I don't know their exact, like I don't keep up to date with it, but I know it's like 50% if they do the marketing, if you bring the sale, then you get most of it. If you don't do anything and they do it in an affiliate promo and in ads, like then you get less. And so there's quite literally times where you look and see that you made a sale on a course that was like $19 retail and you took away like $2 or something like that, where you're like, whoa, that seems really not right. But then if you're getting thousands of students, you're like, well, it's still, it's, it's more of a volume approach uh, from the student standpoint. And so the way I see it is you do get paid and you do get paid like you if you make good content, you make good courses, you do a good job and you follow the rules um, and you get picked up and people find your stuff and all of these things. It's less about the, the, the amount per sale and more about the volume of sales. So that's just kind of how you play that game, especially in the marketplace game. That's just like, and the way I see it, the other value is not just the revenue. It's now I have, as you saw, like 572,000 people have taken my courses, whether they purchased something or took a free course or took multiple courses. And that translates, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And interacting people, with you. Yeah. Interacting with me, my brand. And so like my, they search for me, they, they, they want to know questions. When I do a webinar and I show up somewhere, they go, Hey, like, 
this, I know this guy, like I took his course or did this and I've been reading his content for five years. It, it, it's more than just the, the, the revenue. It's like the audience building as well that, and that has value. And if you can capture that as well, like as I have selling my own courses, um, or selling coaching or doing consulting service-based client work, like it all translates over as long as you know how to capture that and play the game of business properly. Right. No, exactly. Um, how proactive or allowing are they or promotion of getting you to take your brand off the platform versus, you know, are they creating tools that you can do that where, you know, they're trying to still take a small cut, but potentially give you the platform, the tool to create content that then you push to your own site and you're paying them a subscription or something. So is there anything there? Or are they really just trying to hoard you into their ecosystem and keep you there? At the very beginning, it was very wild west. And there's a lot of like, uh, to use an SEO term, like black hat techniques that people were using. And I was very privy to that. Um, meaning like I would see, I was like, man, that's sketchy, you know, and they didn't, they just like, you could just publish whatever. And people would use it as a way to say, I'm selling this course, but all the course content is, is go to my site where we'll give you the special offer and a free membership to this and this other higher ticket thing. And so people were doing all that. So the quality of the content be, like plummeted. Um, and maybe a part of it was that the reason why I was able to see, succeed, especially earlier, this is just a theory, is that I didn't do any of that. I was just like, I'm just trying to create like a really great course here. And people were like, wow, this is just a good course where he's not trying to trick me to go somewhere else. Right, um, got it. And then they would flock to it. And then Udemy saw it, they would reward me for it and so on and so forth. Their rules today are so different. Like there's, there's a lot more guidelines, rules, restrictions, penalties, um, and, and, and documentation on what you can, cannot do, what you're forbidden from doing and what you absolutely can do. They do realize and recognize that you are a brand, you are a company or you are a personal brand and they can't just you know, hoard you in and, and, and wall you off from the outside world and say, you're only creating for us and that's it or else they don't do that. They recognize like, you've got a website, you've got a business and Udemy gets to be a part of that business. So what we'll do to enable you to still promote yourself, but not negatively affect the quality of the course content for the people who want to just be on Udemy and learn about your thing. They have certain areas where you're allowed to mention other things or send people off. Um, so some basic examples would be like in your profile on all your links, you know, you're allowed to explain what you do, where that is links to your blog, your YouTube, your, your website, even if Got that it. website has an opt-in to collect email addresses, like you're totally fine to do that. At the last lesson of a course, you're allowed to create what's called a bonus lesson. And the bonus lesson, you're fully allowed to say, you know, like, here's what I do. Here's my website. I sell content over here. We do service-based work on this over here. Feel free to check it out and reach out to us anytime. So you're allowed to do that where students know that it's coming rather than I'm learning how to build a WordPress site. And all of a sudden this guy is just like selling me snake oil and trying to <laughs> slough me off to another place. Like it's sketchy, right? Got it. Okay, cool. So, you know, pivoting now to your actually the skill yeah. and many of the skills is uh, really around what seems to be around editor X, which is Wix's uh, web site developing platform. You know, we've, been investors. We've also followed the story for nearly a decade now and just seen the progression of the team and, and kind of the product. We use it ourselves for our own creation of our own website. Cool. Um, and, you know, so let's go there. I want to spend a good deal of time here. Um, what do you like about EditorX? I know you have your own uh, uh, YouTube channel. I think that's just specifically to EditorX, but, um, you know, what do you like about it and kind of what led you there? Yeah. Okay. So um, I came across it when um, like I've always been aware of Wix as a web designer, building websites for clients for like 10, 12 years. Like I've always been aware of it. Um, I occasionally would use it for certain client sites that 
they're like, we use Wix. And I go, okay, sure. I'll, I'll figure out how to use it. And it was straightforward. Um, but I would generally veer away from it as like a developer coming from that background. Like I was always like, no, I need to custom code and hand code everything. And <laughs> as a business owner, you realize that's a terrible approach. Like you use, it's a means to an end, whatever it's, whether it's custom coding a tool, an app, whatever it is, like you got to change your thinking there. So that always kept me open to, you know, certain, certain tools. And so editor X came across my lap when I was contacted, um, through a, a couple people and they wanted me to check this out, you know, and, and kind of take a look at it. And so I was like, sure, I'll have a look at it. And I realized I was like, well, is this a, this is Wix. This is a Wix product. It was like, this is very different from Wix. This is not what I know Wix to be. And then I realized like, no, it's a separate product. Wix is the parent company and they use their, their notoriety and their resources to create this product. That is like a fully, like a full fledged advanced web creation platform for professional designers, for agencies, for founders, and for people who want like greater control over their web creation process from their website to their marketing, to their email, to the automation tools and all these no code tools that you have to string together. They kind of put it in one place. And so when I was looking at this, I was like, this is in, this is insane. And I, to ignore this, I think would be like a fool's game, mm -hmm. um, especially with all these no code tools becoming more and more popular. I was like, this, this is going to catch fire in a good way. And so I want to be a part of this. And so that led me to some conversations and now I'm partnered with Editor X as a creator and community builder. And so using my expertise and my, you know, audience and my clout and my understanding in the web design space, um, we are creating a community and a YouTube channel for, uh, I call it Creative X. And so it's like my ethos. There is it the is. Art. There it is right there. The art business and craft of web design. That's always been my ethos. But now I get this through line with Editor X and showing you how, you know, like the how do you use editor X to create amazing websites? What else is possible? How can we push it to its limits? Like, can you build a marketplace? Can you, what, what kind of e-commerce capabilities? What about design animation? What about agencies who manage, you know, like dozens of websites? Can we do that? I also do live streams challenges and we're building this community that's attached to this channel uh, where we help them succeed. We want to help freelancers and agency owners succeed, whether you're just starting or you're, you know, you're making six figures in your agency and you want to double like that's what we're all about. We want to connect people. We want to connect talent with agencies. We want to teach you. We want to inspire you. We want to push you beyond what you think are your limits. And so that's like what I get to do with Editor X these days. How have you seen the, the developer community kind of um, embrace this product? Specifically, like go back, like uh, I think Editor X was launched. It's so it beta maybe like three years ago yeah. then launched maybe like two years ago. Um, and then I think within the last like 12 months, you've really seen this inflection of... Um, of, okay, this is like a legit product um, and some of the stuff they've built. But so from your point of view, obviously you've seen the whole rise and are now participating in the rise. Um, what's the acceptance or like temperature, I think, of the developer community and even the the the, the uh, creator community? Because I think, you know, the designer and developer are starting to, or continuing to merge into a single individual yeah. uh, or a team. Just yeah. a couple of questions I threw out in there. And where, no, yeah, totally. I'd, I'd love to dig into that. And I love this topic because it's like when people get kind of heated and emotional and opinionated on things, like if you can sift through people getting upset or angry and you can kind of get into the heart of the matter, you, like you can really get into some interesting stuff. And, and that's where I think unique and interesting conversations and change happens. So designers, first of all, like they love it. They're like happier than happier than pigs in mud. You know, like <laughs> they, they love it. It's like, they're developers now I get now. to take my, yeah. <laughs> they're like, don't call me a designer. I'm a developer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's perfect for them. Now, here's the thing, though, is like developers, I've had some conversations where 
forward thinking entrepreneurial developers immediately get it and they go, I see, I see the why behind that. I see the potential behind building with a tool like editor X and no code in general and how it doesn't threaten me as a developer. It just means that developers get to work on more complicated, complex problems. I mean, after all, who built editor X, like the infrastructure and underneath it, it's like you have programmers and developers who are building this tool. And so it's like, you get to solve more complex problems, but like the de- entrepreneurial developer, the creator who's a developer you realize the potential of what you get to do without having to like custom code everything and then like flex and say, I built that by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also had conversations with people who are like, I hate this no code movement. I don't like what it stands for or any of the tools that are involved in it because it's trying to replace the developer. So I'm upset by that. Um, and they'll never be able to do a better job than like a human developer. Like giving designers and entrepreneurs development tools without having to code is like, it's not going to work. And so I usually push back um, in a respectful way and, say, and it really just comes down to they feel threatened that they're going to lose work. It's, it's the age old thing like humans are being replaced by robots in a sense. Yeah, like certain lower level tasks get taken over by robots or AI or automation, whatever we want to call it. Um, but what that does is it creates more complex opportunities. So for every problem solved, it creates two more, more complex problems that are now opportunities for people to fill. Um, and so when you can get past that and you show them like, this isn't threatening you. And in fact, editor X specifically, the development community within editor X to build the apps to, you know, to teach and to learn and to use Velo, which is their, their dev mode, you know, where you can code JavaScript and use their, um, use Velo as the framework. It's like, like you're not going anywhere. Now what it means is designers get to do their thing. They get to build out the vision and you get to, instead of like getting harped on by the designer saying, why didn't you round my corners to 12 pixels? You know, like you don't get it. You don't have the eye for design like I do. What it does is the designer gets to do their job. The developer gets to do their job and they get to kind of work together in like a space that is complementary to both. Sure. And that's how I see that. Got it. And then, you know, the other day uh, you, you, you made a um, uh, post video of uh, Figma to Wix Editor X which is the ultimate kind of um, designer to developer connection tool concept that's out there. Just talk a little bit about that, what you saw that. I think it's a big deal in general, just in terms of the space, just anything you can share there. And, and then uh, maybe I'll tag the video if anyone's interested yeah, to, uh, yeah. to watch it. So yeah, Figma obviously is like super hot in the design world. Um, I, it took me a while to get on board with it. But once I did, I was like, oh yeah, like this is 100% meant for a, the designer, the web designer, like that's what it's for. It's a tool for web design. And so it's amazing. And what you can do in it, it's incredible. But then the obvious translation is like, okay, well, how do you take that and put it into a website, build it, build, build a website out of this. And so editor X is like, it's per it's a, it's so perfectly dovetails into it that, and it's intuitive. So if the designer's building in, in Figma and designing in Figma, building an editor X is as if Figma became a website building tool, but better with all of this capability behind it. Um, and so it's a perfect connection, but obviously there's not a lot of material or content or training on that. Um, and so for me, someone who uses Figma and someone who uses editor X and someone who loves teaching about these things, I was like, this is a perfect piece to show that segue, that transition into it. And, um, and, and better yet, editor X built, uh, uh, developed a plugin where you could just take your Figma design and like one click, turn it into an editor X site. And then you have to you tweak things and, and modify things, add pages and whatnot. And fix any mistakes here and there but it's like it takes out that's version one yeah it's like it's it's amazing that's yeah that sounds incredible uh wix as an innovator just speak about that what have you seen like if you had to you know 
all the different tools and, and businesses that are out there. You know, this team has, we were participating in a Wix conference yesterday and, you know, and really the thought that this team at the executive level is probably one of the longest standing teams that it's been in kind of the tech space for a long time. I mean, they've been together for over a decade. You don't see that very often. Um, as innovators, as product developers, as listening to their audience, how would you kind of rank order any of those? Yeah. The way I've been able to see it from my perspective, which is not necessarily on the inside, but I kind of, I kind of, I have like an inside perspective um, now that I have more of a deeper professional relationship with Editor X and by extension Wix. Um, like they're really, I could tell they have this long term vision. Like they've got, they're very vision um, oriented. Like, and they don't seem to just like respond or react rather. They don't just seem to like react to trendy stuff or whatever's happening or people are talking about this. So quick change or quick develop this. It's like they have this like steady, like uh, forward moving approach. And like, it shows like the t that that high level team have been together for so long. And it's obviously such a successful company. It's gigantic. And most, well, any web designer or anyone in the web creation space knows about it. So it's like, the way I see it is like, that's the mark of a good company from my humble perspective, creating a very small company, but it's like, you see that. And as someone who uses the tool, as someone who teaches on the tool, who's someone who is vouching for it and like showing my audience, like what's possible for your business when you use something like this, like, I really trust that. And I wouldn't just do that for any company that seemed like a flash in the pan, exciting flavor of the week. You know, it's like, no, this is, this is steady Freddy. This is They've got a long-term vision here and it shows. And so for me, looking at Editor X and the other competitors that are out there, I think, well, these are good competitors to compete with, but like this thing, it's going to catch fire and it's just going to like, it's going to blow up. Yeah. And let's talk about, yeah, sorry to move into those competitors just because yeah. you just highlighted it. So there's like the WordPresses of the world, which is really still the, you know, you have the templates for WordPress, but then you have people developing for it. Um, you know, that's still the 800 pound gorilla that still holds most sites today. Now, net yeah. new sites, I think, are coming from all the other ones, um, for the most part, from the data that we track. But just talk about the the competitive landscape. WordPress, you know, there's, uh, um, why is it slipping my brain? Uh, Webflow, Webflow. Um, that is another one, you know, and obviously EditorX, and, you know, there's uh, plenty others that we could knock off here. But the uh, yeah. anything that comes to mind, whether it's even Shopify for just only for e-commerce and mm -hmm. um, anything that you, you have, Squarespace. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so these are all very, you know, legitimate and like valuable, um, tools and, and well, even in WordPress's case, it's, it's less of a tool, even though it is, and more of like a, a community, you know, in a yeah. sense, cause it is open source. Um, and so, yeah, like WordPress powers so much of the web, it's ob obviously unignorable. And I've taught on WordPress, like I've built countless websites as a designer on WordPress. You know, I've taught tens or hundreds of thousands of people about WordPress or how to build with WordPress. So it's like, it's good. It's valuable, but it comes with its own bag of like problems um as the bigger you get the more the problems get highlighted um and the open source nature of it as well like it creates as a somebody from the wordpress design and development community like you really you just kind of get used to the problems and then you use those problems as opportunities in your business you know like from security you're like okay well there are businesses who are like wordpress security businesses because of how much that's an issue um you know getting hacked spammed having the website being taken over by bots and all these things. Like we've all, anyone who's built WordPress websites have had like that midnight phone call from a client saying, why is my website such and such an explicit website when it's a dance company for children? And you go, <laughs> oh crap, I will fix it immediately. And then you go like, how do I stop this? And then you have to offer more solutions or more security packages or pay for 
other third-party software to help create more protection for the websites. And it's nightmarish. Um, and, and it's also like, you can get in your head as a WordPress developer to think it's the best. It's the best solution. It's always the best. But you got to think about the client too and their experience. And it's not always the best. You just have to train them on how to use it properly. It's like developers love it. Designers, nah. And clients are like, if you got a better solution, like I will jump it. <laughs> and so that's how you got to see it from an entrepreneurial perspective. I've built in Squarespace, a neat tool, very restrictive and frustrating in that sense. Um, that said, it's still just a tool. If you're a really good designer and you know how to work within the constraints, great. That's like good art. Give me a constraint and I can make it beautiful. So that's always a nice thing too. But there's a lot of restrictions there. I've tried doing things for clients and for my own projects on that platform and was like, man, this is, this is too restrictive. Um, Webflow, I've played with it. I've built some stuff in it. And I know a lot of people who are like head over heels in love with it. Um, but the way I see it is that it's a, it's like a user interface for coders. It's like, if you are a coder and you understand code and you understand box models and CSS and you understand, you know, the different types of positioning and, and Flexbox and CSS grid. And you're like, you're somebody like me and you don't want to just have to always just like type it out. And you want like a graphical user interface to be able to map out your code. Perfect. If you're learning how to code like front end development, it's a really cool way to learn it. You get to visually see how it's represented and not just in lines with semicolons. So right. that's really cool. Lots of really interesting things that they're doing that you know, I think the no code and design world are looking at. Um, but again, it's like, there's a big learning curve and it's kind of like, you know, developers who are also a little bit, you know, they want to use that kind of user interface. They're very proud to use it and it's very hard to get them to step back and, and look at other options. Um, now I also find founders and people who build, you know, micro startups and SaaS founders, they tend, no coders, they tend to sing the praises of Webflow and rightly so it's a very, very neat tool and lots of amazing things have been built with it. Um, but they don't know otherwise and they kind of work with the complexity or the learning curve or, or certain things that don't make sense. Um, whereas when somebody says like, you got to use Webflow, it's 100% the best no code tool for founders. And I go, why? Tell me why, why do you think that? And usually all the reasons I could go, well, to be devil's advocate here, um, all of those things are possible in editor X. And on top of that, you have this business, the business tools, marketing tools. You have this full platform. You have this, this huge steady Freddy team behind it and the resources they have to make it the best product ever. So if you have a problem or there's an issue, like they're not a small startup that might like wither away and like they, they know what they're doing. So if you have an issue, like they'll get that fixed. Or if you have a feature request, that's going in the list. And anything that you're mentioning here with any of these tools, I can build an editor X. And that's kind of what I like to do with creative X. I go like, can I build this? The thing that people say only WordPress or this thing or this thing can build. I'm like, well, let's see if that's true. And sometimes we find restrictions and go, okay, this is a learning point here. Let's pass it off to the editor X team and say, make that happen. Because if we right. make that happen, that's just giving us another leg up on competition. Got it. Cool. Uh, last question. And then uh, to wrap it up here, but the, uh, so it sounds, uh, so this isn't the question. This is just to conclude your prior section, which is you sound pretty constructive on Wix, editor X, the team, the innovation that uh, is before them, if you had to, you know, zero to 10 rank it futuristically of what you thought about Wix, uh, what number would you give um, versus, I'll, I'll make it easy, versus WordPress, <laughs> which is, I guess, open source, but still. Yeah. Uh, community. I think, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day. I don't know who it was and I don't know where this comes from or not, but it kind of resonated with me. And maybe in some cases it's not true. But anyway, the tweet was more or less something like, um, basically, if you're like a, 
single person, like just a solo person building a thing and you're doing a good job, you'll almost always lose out to the team who's doing the same thing because basically the idea is that teamwork is more powerful than a solo person, like a lone wolf, you know, stubbornly doing it themselves and not allowing other people to help them to build Mm -hmm. a team. So it's less about saying like, you always have to build a company. You can never be a solo business owner. It's more like if you're solo, you got one perspective, you got one angle and you're not covering your nine, you're not covering your six, like so, so to speak. Whereas a team, you could be like, you're strong here. You're amazing here. This is my zone of genius. Let's team up and we'll make this amazing. They can work faster. They can, you know, like, so that's kind of where I got from that. Teamwork is good. Yeah. And so WordPress, because of its open source nature, it's kind of just like a bunch of individual people. Now it is a community and there's a lot of really cool resources and you can kind of figure anything out with the forums and, and the conferences and such. But it's kind of like a whole bunch of individual people. And um, Wix and Editor X is like a team. Well, they are a team and they're a very long lasting team. And they've got the ability with that team to look forward, to look for trends, to look to see what happened before, what's happening now. You know, they have this, this insight and this experience and these perspectives that you just don't get with a bunch of like individual perspectives. You put that together and it creates this, uh, this amazing, powerful, colorful um, organization. And so I think WordPress is probably not really going anywhere because it's really easy and accessible to get started. It's free to get started. You can Once you're up and running, you're up. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and it's fun to learn how to code and it's really empowering and that's great. I don't think it's really going anywhere. Um, but, you know, it certainly takes its fair share of punches. And people yeah. are like, I don't know what's going on here or this is annoying or this is bad or I'm out or I keep going back to WordPress like it's a bad relationship. I keep going to this other tool, but it never does it right. I'm just going back to WordPress. Um, and that's where I say Editor X comes in and go like, here's, here's how you break that infinite loop. Try this out and try that on for size. So then to answer the question there, <laughs> WordPress- We need a number. <laughs> yeah, we need a number. Like, let's say, I'm going to say from a forward thinking, long lasting approach, like I think in that eight- range i give wix and editor x um because they are big that also can be a downside you know when you're small and nimble you can move quickly um so that kind of gives the advantage of somebody who can who's a little smaller and can move quickly um and so that's why i wouldn't give it like a perfect 10 and also that would just sound like a like a keener right you know you gotta (laughs) you gotta you know yeah you they have to hear this and and realize that they they still have work to do yeah Uh, and that's and that's what they and that's what i really like and that's where i would give them a 10 is their willingness to figure out how do we Though we are this big company, how do we find a way to be nimble? And that's where they're doing things like reaching out to creators and working with different communities and trying to create this vibrant community that are created by um, the, you know, the creators and those smaller communities to show like, hey, though we're up here and we're big and we, you know, with this, this large organization, it's like, we still want to be able to see you eye to eye as the individual designer, creator, company owner, agency owner. And, and that's where it's like, that's where I think I get to come in. Like I get to be somebody said in my community, Creative X crew said like, you are like our voice to Editor X. It's like, I, as a, as a little designer have this problem and it's been frustrating for me and putting in a support ticket and wondering if I'm going to get to hear back in a reasonable amount of time. I'm not sure. So I'm kind of discouraged. But when I talk to you, it's like, you are like our, our loudspeaker yeah. and you get to talk to people who are like, Hey, like I'll, I'll pay attention to that because my community thinks it's important. So I'll tell them. And they feel empowered. And then Editor X is happy because they're like, whoa, this is great feedback. Let's push that up the, up the line. So that, I, in that sense, I would give it a 10. Got it. Cool. Yeah. So let's end there. Uh, you know, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on. I wanted to give you one minute to uh, you know, share uh, some of the resources that you have, find more about you. You have a lot of different stuff. So uh, obviously, I'm going to put it all in the links for everybody. But 
just anything that you wanted to highlight, whether it's Udemy course, you know, direct to your site, whether uh, you have like a freedom freelancer, I think, uh, which is also something that looks interesting with a bunch of uh, a pretty uh, large community there. Um, you know, anything that you wanted to share before we, uh, yeah, we head off? Thank you. Um, yeah. So right now I've been, uh, I'm dedicating a lot of time and passion and energy towards my YouTube channel and community that we've been talking about. That's creative X. So if you, youtube.com slash creative X crew, it's up there on the screen as well. Uh, check out some of the videos, subscribe if you like it. We have a community that's attached to it. Every video I talk about the creative X crew in the description, you can find it there. Um, bradhussey.ca. That's like kind of my like online hub. If you want to see what I'm up to, get on my email list, stay up to date with my weekly newsletter. Uh, and then from that, you know, you can check out my Udemy courses. Just look up my name, Brad Hussey on Udemy. You'll see all my stuff. And then uh, for any freelancers out there, people who are starting up freelancing and you want to learn kind of the business of getting clients, that would be freelancingfreedom.com. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put all that stuff there. You know, again, Brad, thanks for coming on and, and kind of dissecting everything from Udemy to Wix and, and giving us that perspective. We'll have you back on in the future. But again, I, I appreciate you coming on. Amazing. Thanks so much, Sean.